0: Matthew chapter 3. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John was clothed in camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all of Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, if he had had a Facebook page, the preachers would have got on to him. For who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <laughs> Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. That's what, that's what John the Baptist had to say. Go bear, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Yeah, And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. Let me, if you have any question about what God is able to do, listen to that. Able means has the power. If you look it up, it'll be dunamis. The same word that it says you shall receive power. Power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's, it's it God, I say that God has the power, the ability to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. <laughs> and even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Well, I tell you, preachers, pastors, Christians, it's time to lay the axe to the root of the tree. <laughs> he didn't come out and whack on it a little with a little stick. He come and laid the axe to the root. I've said it three times this week. Got too many diplomats in the pulpit. God is not looking for a diplomat. He say, well, we're crossed ambassadors. That is his representative, not his diplomat. We're confused today because we see ambassadors. That, we used to have ambassadors, UN ambassadors. They're diplomats. He's not looking for a diplomat. He, I don't find a diplomat among the fivefold ministry. Anybody find a diplomat? Hey, John the Baptist said, "This is John the Baptist, the one coming before him." that says, "Now, when? Now? Why now?" Have you ever thought about? It, it says, "Now," the accent. Why now? Because of what's about to walk up. He is the first voice from God in 400 years. There's been a silence. And he walks out, camel's hair, locusts, and wild honey. Outside of town, the religious folks are coming out, and he's saying, You're a bunch of vipers. Man, hey, they should pull his credentials. He says, now, 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 the ax is laid to the root. There's a reason for the now. (laughs) There's a reason for the now. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. If you spend more time explaining that verse away than you do just reading it and believing it, you need to examine your theology. I think I'll say it again, Jeff. Jeff. If you spend more time, if you spend 30 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, explaining why, that that doesn't mean exactly what it says, Jesus doesn't need to be explained away. Just preach. Hmm. Therefore, every tree that does which does not bear good fruit. What, what did John just tell you? Go therefore and bear the fruit of repentance. Every, the axe is laid to the root. That every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is John. Now. And he says now. Why? He says I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire I'm going to say it again he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Listen, his winnowing fan is in his hand. (laughs) His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean his threshing floor. I believe the church needs to hear that again today, afresh and anew. The winnowing fan is still in his hand. Let me help somebody. The winnowing fan at the thresh, a, a threshing floor is when they would take the harvested wheat out into the, a big round rock that they had, that they had worn out to, to separate the wheat from the, from the chaff, to get it out of the hulls and get it out of the husk and get the heads off of it and get the fruit out of it and they, it, it, it was quite a violent process really they, they would take even the, the, the gathering carts and run it over and crush it because it began to separate but then they would take a winnowing fork and they would put in and they would, and they would throw it up in the air a lot of times they would do it on the side of a mountain where there would be a natural breeze and, and they would throw the the, the the weed into the air and the wind would blow through it because see what wasn't needed was so light and useless that the wind would just blow it out and the fruit would hit the ground. But where there was no breeze, they they would stand around the outside of the threshing floor with big fans. It was work. And as one was crushing, and one was was throwing up, there would be one or multiples winnowing, creating a breeze. Read what John the Baptist says here. He's speaking of the one that's coming that's going to baptize. He says his winnowing fan is in his hand. <laughs> Don't think it's strange that on the day of Pentecost the first thing that there was was a rushing mighty wind don't think you're not hearing me you're missing what is being said John says that, that the wind blows where it pleases Jesus said he's speaking of the Holy Ghost Matthew's Gospel John the Baptist is saying that, that, it's, that, that there's, bear, there's fruit to bear the axe is now laid to the root Jesus is, the, the, he's coming. I'm not even worthy to fix his shoes. He, I, 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 I'm coming ahead of him baptizing into repentance, but he's coming to baptize with something that you can't even imagine. But before, the, before he's baptizing, you know what he's doing? Winnowing. The church needs to hear again afresh and anew today that his, it's, it, the winnowing fan is his <laughs> and it's in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Now, there's things that certainly apply to sin and this unquenchable, unquenchable, unquenchable fire. But he's really talking about us. I'm his wheat. If you're his, you're his wheat. That he's going to gather. But one thing he's saying he's going to thoroughly purge his floor. I believe it applies. Uh, this is New Testament, New Covenant, and it, it was it was prophetic even to John at the moment. But it is it is true of Jesus till this very hour that the fan is still in his hand, and he is th- he has come to thoroughly purge his threshing floor. I believe right now in the church world, all over the world, that he is thoroughly that there is a winnowing going on. Jeff, I believe there's a winnowing going on. That's why you're hearing of corruption and and earth here and filth and and, and perversion over here and cover up over here. You know why? Because he has the power. He is able. He's going to clean thoroughly. It doesn't say he's going to spruce it up a little. Y'all know that language? You know, that's when you got somebody coming over, and you got about ten minutes. You say, "Hurry up! We got spru- we got to spruce this place up a little." That means the, the dirty laundry goes in the closet. Shut the door. Shoes get kicked under the bed. They, they've all they all do laundry. She's over here. They all do laundry. They all know what it is to shove the shove, shove the clothes basket in the closet. Open the dishwasher and just throw it at it. Not really. <laughs> That's not what he's coming to do. That's not what he's thoroughly cleanse, thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn the chaff with an unquenchable fire. There's a lot. Now, this is one place that he said that the chaff belongs to me. He's not. He's not talking about chaff. Is not sinners. Chaff is not sinners. Uh, fruitless, fruitless, fruitless. Wheat plants—that's the sinner, because every good tree bears good fruit. That's what it says. But the thoroughly cleansing his floor is when he comes with the winnowing to separate wheat from chaff. Things not needed in your life that have no chaff was of no value to anybody. To anybody, it actually would have been a destructive fire hazard in their garners and their barns. It would take up space that was meant for, meant for the, the kernel for the fruit, it would ruin the bread. It's of no value. There was a crush that's going on. I don't know if any of y'all have felt it, but I but I've been on the threshing floor for weeks. And you know what, Jeff? It's not fun. Not fun. It's a process, it's a crushing, it's a separating. And it's his process. I notice he mentions it at the same Prophetic statement: As He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, I happen to believe that there's one thing. See the ho- the baptism and the Holy Ghost, you match out. I'm, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure it'll add life into, it'll add life into you. I'm absolutely sure of that. But it says, and with fire. What happened the day of Pentecost? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues or divided tongues like as a fire. And it's set on each one of them. You know what this thing about the Holy Spirit is? Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. He's holy. He's holy. You have the Spirit of God in you. And you say, I'm baptized in the, in the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit comes to make you Holy. I think it no coincidence that, he will, that the wind blows. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I found, I don't think in any coincidence at all that the first thing was the wind began to blow and then fire began to fall. <laughs> and when they went out, they went out full of power. They went out. Bearing fruit, they went out changing the world. Why? Because there was something that happened in their life that made them powerful and holy. I'm tired of people that talk in tongues but rip people off. I'm tired of people that shout and run. I wish. Well, some you know, I don't know. I hadn't had the opportunity to be tired of that lately. I don't care if you shout and you run, if you cover up sin and perversion, because the Holy Spirit makes you holy. Yeah, we'll lay some acts to the root. I don't want to hear about your spirit baptisms in your organizations. When the world's not being affected by your church or by your life. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Usually when we hear unquenchable fire we think of judgment and damnation. This unquenchable fire is a cleansing and a freedom. It is it's cuz when the chaff hits it it burns hot and fast but it's gone in a flash. This is, this is, a, this is the, the fire of the Spirit of God that, that removes things from our life. The church world has preached an easy believism for so long that people don't think anything has to go. We want to move a God, but we, but we want a honky-tonk and party and porn at the same time. Hebrews says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that what cannot be shaken can stand. And you know what he ends it with? That very phrase he said, For our God is a consuming fire. He should consume us, He should consume me. The threshing floor is no fun. The threshing floor is weighty and crushing and deals with me and every, it deals with my fruit. It deals with my excesses and my, th- and my trash. It separates. There is no such thing as a gospel that doesn't separate you from the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's no such thing. There's no such thing, Jeff come out from among them and be ye separate says the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and what I will receive you (laughs) yeah getting saved is easy living for God takes a crushing and a death and a separation and a consuming fire to touch my life God, consume the chaff in my life. God, would you consume the chaff in my life? You didn't save me. You didn't save me from Sunday school. You saved me from eternal damnation. You didn't baptize me in the Holy Ghost so I could talk funny. You saved me to gather me. You saved me. You separate the trash from my life. You baptized me in the Holy Ghost so I could be holy. (laughs) So I could have... You saved me by grace through your power. I couldn't do it. And then you gave me your power through the... If that same spirit, which raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwell also in you, what does it say? It will make alive. King James says it will quicken. It will make alive your mortal body. It's talking about right now. Why? Because you were dead. You were dead. You were dead. But when the Spirit of God comes in you, He is the Spirit of life. And He begins to remove, separate, cleanse, and consume. But you know what He'll do? He'll make you alive. Mortal body. Mortal body. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal body. I noticed the first word, if. It's been a long time since I've said it. But I'll remind you, if, the word if, is in the scripture. That little two letters, I-F. If, if, is in the scripture. It's the most important word in the sentence. The biggest word in the sentence. It's the the defining word in the sentence. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If he's not, it doesn't. (laughs) Then Jesus came. (laughs) There's a transition for you. Now the axe is laid to the root. I baptize you with water under repentance, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And his, his, his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly purge his, his threshing floor. He will garner his wheat. And he will burn the chaff with an unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee. To John at the Jordan to be baptized by him and John tried to prevent him saying I need to be baptized by you are you coming to me but Jesus answered and said to him permit me permit it that I permit it to be so for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness then he allowed him And when he had been baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water. Mm -mm. Now I didn't come to be mean. But it's hard to come up from a sprinkle. Now I'm not talking about salvation here. But sometimes, how do you, how does this even get confused? Somebody tell me how it even gets confused. How do people get confused Mark, how do they get confused? He come up from the water. Just a side note. He come up from the water. And behold, the heavens opened. Or the heavens were opened. They didn't just open. they were opened somebody opened them and the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove upon him now i need to look at something real quick because i actually literally just now noticed this literally as i read it this is the he that saw the spirit descending on he him was not john and the people watching The heavens opened, let me read it this way. The heavens were opened to Jesus. And Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon Jesus. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We talked a little bit Wednesday night about some doctrines. I'm going to tell you you can argue all day long. All day long. Any way you want to. This scripture is indisputable. Enough said for now. But I want, here's what I want. Here's what I want. You know, the scripture deals with all doctrine. You know why? Because the scripture is doctrine. The scripture is doctrine. Teaching. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and afterward he was hungry. I would guess so. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God. Command these stones be turned to Texas toast with butter. The kind like they have at Cain's Chicken because it's really good. You read it your way. I'll read it mine. But Jesus answered and said to him, Have you read that preacher's book from Tulsa? Sometimes, I, you know, right in the process of reading things, I lose people sometimes. Because what I'm saying is everybody's going to the book. Everybody's going to books instead of going to the book. Command these stones to be made bread. Jesus said, It is written. Where? Brother Brankle used to say it wasn't from a tape from Tulsa, And it wasn't from the Christian bookstore. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm not going to read any further. Because this is what I came to tell you tonight. There's a sweet, sweet spirit. (laughs) Yeah. In this place. There will be no revival without the Spirit of God. There will be no Spirit of God without a cleansing of the th- a threshing floor. <laughs> Jesus came in His humanity, born of a woman. Up until this point, you haven't heard from... You, to, when He walked on the scene this day, you have not heard from Him since He was a 12-year-old boy. Last time you heard from Him, He had been left in Jerusalem and they went back to find him and he was found in teaching in the temple and they said where you been he said well, don't you know i must be about my father's business and all you hear from that point on is he went home and he grew in stature and in knowledge and now he walks on the scene and his humanity because everything jesus done on earth he done as a man And what you just read, I just read to you, was the how. The Spirit of God descended on him. It says, he looked and saw the heavens opened to him. And the Spirit of God descended on him as a dove. The man, Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God came on him. Obviously, this was not salvation. Because he is sinless and perfect, the begotten of the Father. I want you to hear something and hear me good. the son of god done nothing on this earth until he was empowered by the spirit of god why 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 you know the answer because i've told you many times he came as a man to live a sinless and perfect life that he could die for me as my lamb to redeem the bloodline of Adam, to reconcile me back to his father. God, he, didn't, he didn't die as God, he died as a man because God can't die. You read in Hebrews, it was three, it was the Spirit of God told Jesus, they couldn't kill, they, all the time they were going to kill him. They couldn't kill him. The Spirit of God told him, On the cross, it's in Hebrews. The Spirit of God at the the time of the evening sacrifice says it's now. It's time. It was important that it be that time because he was hung on that cross at the time of the morning sacrifice. And he hung the six hours on that cross to the time of the evening sacrifice. See, it was always all about him. It was always about him. Every lamb that was slain. Every bull, every goat, every turtle dove, it was about him. Jesus himself did not go into this world and do anything until the Spirit of the living God came on him and empowered him to do it. That's the scripture. And I'm saying this because I've, I've already walked you through that you should bear fruit of repentance. And that the thirst, the, he, will, he is thoroughly cleansing his threshing floor, removing what we don't need. The wind of the Spirit will blow and the fire of God will consume it because he's a consuming fire. And, now I'm, and then he baptized Jesus in the water. Jesus came. I can't chase ever rabbit. <laughs> what Jesus demonstrated through John's baptism that repentance is necessary. Did he have anything to repent of? Absolutely not. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of God came on him. And when the Spirit of God came on him, immediately he was driven or led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. One, King James translates in one gospel, driven by the Spirit. That is incorrect. The Spirit of God will lead you. He doesn't drive you. It's the, it's the, it's, the, it's actually the, 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 the demonic spiritual world that drives people, that makes them compulsive. The mm. Spirit of God leads you. How do I know that these that are led by the Spirit of God, the same are the children of God. Jesus never... God never intended anyone to face the powers of hell without the power of the Spirit of God in them. You're missing it. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We've got to have the power of God. And the power of God, the first power is it makes you holy. It cleans you up, separates the junk That he empowers you to stand in the face of the enemy. Even when you haven't eaten in 40 days. Hmm. I'm dealing with the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now. It's for every believer because Jesus is our example. I'll cut to the chase. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is for Jesus didn't need the Holy Spirit for salvation. He didn't need to be regenerated. (laughs) He demonstrated everything that He that we're called to do on this earth, he demonstrated it for us on the earth. And it was empowerment by the Holy Spirit before he went to be tempted of the devil. And I told you this morning, it's time to pray. And we're about to pray in just a few minutes. But I want to look at one thing, just two or three minutes, no longer. Because I want you to see that it's there. When he had fasted. Forty days in and, and, and the Bible was transitional Always, with Moses, with, uh, I mean, 40 days has significance. It's the, the significance of 40 days is that everybody go fast 40 days. The significance is, it says, when he fasted. When he fasted. Jesus even said the same thing. When you fast. Y'all know that? It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast. Matthew says when he had fasted 40 days. He's empowered by the Spirit of God. That's already happened. I just read it to you. It says, and when the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness... Let him right to the devil. The Spirit of God led him right to the devil. Do you notice that? Let him right to the devil. Took him out by self in the wilderness and led him right to the devil to be tempted. Y'all are pulling up the chapter. Y'all are, y'all are pulling up Things like lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Y'all are pulling up things like let no man say that when he's tempted, he's tempted of, the, he's tempted of God. <laughs> Can't preach everything tonight. <laughs> I'm just telling you what you're thinking. That would be a really good thing for you to spend the week Chasing. He never intended anybody to face off with the enemy without the power of the Spirit. And I noticed because, you know, Jesus talked about when when they couldn't deliver demoniacs, when they had already been delivering demoniacs. He said, this kind doesn't come but by prayer and by fasting. Notice before he went into the wilderness, this is the only begotten of the Father. This is God in the flesh. Walking in as a human with the power of God in him and with him. That there was, a, there was a demonstration of repentance. There's a demonstration of empowerment by the Holy Spirit. And there's a demonstration that there's some things you're going to face that you need to fast about. You need to fast about. 40 days, there's a transition happening. This is actually the transition of the covenants beginning to happen, is what's happening. You've never faced the devil. I I don't believe you. I don't believe anybody in this room has ever squared off with Satan himself. I read in the Word where Adam and Eve did that. And Jesus did that. Any other examples? I know Paul, when he prayed to be delivered, he said, I prayed three times. He said, I had a messenger from Satan sent to buffet me. See, he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. But his demons and his minions and his, they're everywhere. But Jesus got... He got Satan himself. Spirit of God, 40 days of fasting. And uh, he immediately went after his weakest spot. That's what that slime ball does. His weakest 40 days, you had eight and forty days. Command these stones be made bread. Man, it is written, man does not. Live by bread alone. But every word proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what he was able to do and did? We're coming to pray. You know what he you know what he did? Because of everything I just described, he was able to face the hour of temptation. without tripping, stumbling, or falling. If you hadn't eight and forty days and you could command stones to be made bread, <coughs> No. Fall down and worship me. Oh, it is written. Just one God. I worship the Lord. Throw yourself. Then Satan tried it. You know, because it is written, it is written. All right, throw yourself off the temple. Call on the angels. He says, then Satan said, well, because it says that he's given his angels charge over you to bury you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written. He thought he had him. You know he thought he had him. It is written. You should not tempt the Lord your God. What am I telling you? When you, he when you gets you holied up, full of the power of God, in a position that comes only through fasting, that there's not much that you can't deal with.